And I was like thinking to myself, do you reckon, do I reckon I could pull off a 500-seater event? And we did it, eh? And it's almost as if the limitations to which I placed on my own ability to deliver were stopping me from having more people. And then I was like, what's the minimum number of a sellout audience here? And they're like, 500. And I was like, I need to have 500. I literally sold 500 tickets on the dot. That's awesome. Well, it's not awesome. I should have said 731 like (laughs) I currently do. Do you know what I mean? I want to understand what it is that our minds are capable of. Hi, this is Dan Rao, founder and brand strategist at DSR Branding. And you're listening to DSR Branding Presents. Join me as I interview brilliant business leaders on branding, marketing, design, and good business principles. These are people who think differently and have commercialized their creativity to do something remarkable. Matthew Haynes is an experienced designer and the driving force behind the Design Conference, an epic two-day event featuring critically acclaimed strategists and designers and some of the world's most renowned commercial artists, with notable past speakers including Chris Doe, T. Uglo, Dean Poole and Christopher Doyle, as well as previous guests on this podcast, Ben Johnston and Craig Black. Matt discusses the motivation behind starting the design conference 10 years ago, plus building it beyond an in-person event and expanding their ecosystem. We discuss brands like Louis Vuitton and Nike, Matt's past life as a professional baseball player, meeting your idols and his quest to live a spectacular life. Matt's passion and enthusiasm is infectious. I had a lot of fun recording this episode. Enjoy. Just a warning, this episode features some colourful language. Well, Matt, thanks for being my first in-person guest. Pleasure. Mate, to kick things off, uh, what's your favourite brand and why? Hold on a second. I just, I just wanted to add that, you know, if we live only, you know, Stone's Trail Park, I think there's a lot of chemistry of doing things in person yeah. and that's a big thing of what I'm all about you know I could be sitting at home in the studio you know you know looking at myself at Skype or whatever but I think this is heaps better yeah I agree plus I'm gonna take some girls out not like girls girls taking some some of the girls from a sisterhood out for oh, nice. um dinner tonight so I'm yeah. meeting them for the first time there working with with us at the uh, conference so two birds one stone mate I'm happy to be the first <coughs> bird <laughs> the first bird off the rank. Of the rank, yeah. Um, no, so what's my favourite brand? Um, oh, man, I was thinking about this on the way down. I, th- I think Louis Vuitton is, is my favourite brand. Uh, super iconic, um, super, you know, kind of like a futurist brand. They're always like ahead of the curve. Some, I mean, some of the stuff that they do, I just, just go like, what, what were you thinking? Yeah. But some of the stuff they do, I'm just like, oh, my God, I want one. Then you look at the price and you're like, I want to just look at one for a little <laughs> bit. Like, And so, like, that combination of sort of, like, street culture, prestige, um, the future of sort of design, the heritage, all combining as one. Yeah, I love it. And then um, the only thing I don't like about it is when um, if you go to the store, the heavies are just on you and they think you're going to steal something. Can you yeah. just, like feel pressured to buy something just to prove to them that just I'm going to buy a key ring. something. Do you know what I mean? Key ring probably fucking cost you an arm and a leg. Um, probably made of solid gold. No, but yeah, I, I think Louis Vuitton is probably the best brand in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, don't mind Nike either. Yeah. Just because of my sport sporting background. But um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a bunch, but I often like um, people 
and brands and how they come together. So like um, what, say, like Derek Jeter, the you know, old Yankees player, what he did with Nike and how Nike saluted him when he finished up his amazing career. Like those sorts of things, man, they fucking make me want to cry. Eh? <laughs> like watching people win gold medals, yeah. that ship, oh, man, I can't fucking help myself. Eh? I just sit there and just start to tear up and I'm just like, you fucking go. <laughs> you go, you good thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And and sometimes I'm, you know, just I sort of think to myself, <clears throat> imagine finishing fourth. Be fucking just heartbreaking. <laughs> like all that work and you just don't get recognised. It's yeah. A, yeah. So like those sorts of things, like brands that move me, mm. they're the ones I fall in love with and they're the ones that I buy, like their brand book. I have the Louis Vuitton history book. It sits on my desk. It's like something I look at Yeah. because I think, you know. Let's go. Heritage, man. I want to leave a heritage. I want to leave something behind when I'm gone, like Matt Haynes' handbags. And, like, I'm down for that, eh? Like, yeah, if, if I'm dead and gone and my name is a pair of shoes, I'll be frothing. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's my favorite brand for sure. Matt, it's an interesting one. There's a few things to talk about there in terms of sport. I think, I mean, sport and branding, I think sport offers great stories. Absolutely. And I think, like, good branding is good storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, like, sports brands like Nike are so good because they've got such rich content to tell and to sort yeah. of pa- partner with. I, I completely agree. And th- I think that's something that um that I've started to cotton onto ourselves as, sorry, I was putting my hand in front of the mic. That's something I'm starting to cotton onto myself with, uh, with TDC is that like over the last 10 years, it's just been like fear, <laughs> like fear of a public fuck up. Mm. And like in front of people I don't know, in front of people I admire, hardly anyone that I look down on because there's only a few people in this world I don't like. But like basically everyone I admire and everyone that like whether I do or don't but like secretly want to impress, you know, and like dominate at life in front of. (laughs) Yeah. The fear of just having a full balls up in front of those has just driven me to make it as good as possible. Mm. And while it wasn't good for a long time, it was as good as I could make it and I was fucking proud as punch about that. Like even the first one, man, it cost 5K and I thought to myself, that was unreal. And if anyone didn't like it and all the mistakes I made for the 20 bucks they paid, we're all so pumped about what I've done. Yeah. Just because, like, that I did it, mm. like, not not because, like, me, but like, what we achieved as a community, what how we'd come together. Yeah, we we're all excited about that, and we knew something good was happening. And I suppose to answer your question, like, ten years later, like, we're starting to because of COVID, mm. the the fear factor's worn off. Yeah. And I was like, well, you might think, well, the fear of delivering our best event had worn off. Mm. So you think you might think, oh, well, what about COVID? And I'm like, man. I've just been afforded something like six to nine months to redo all the things that suck about TDC, albeit somebody on stage or not, mm. albeit the ticket ticketing process or one of our other parts. And I've ended up sort of not stumbling upon, but like meander waiting cautiously and with half an idea into what I'm calling like our brand ecosystem Hmm. and like uh, pillars that kind of lean on each other, that fuel each other, that once I sort of position everything into place, when it starts to rotate, it's just going to generate, like it's going to be like an engine that's solar powered, (laughs) you know, it's like a solar powered sun. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) it powers itself. So 
um, and telling that story and actually having a great deal of pride about the content that we've produced and the vulnerability that the speakers have brought to the to the um, to the forefront, and mm. then being able to like get people juiced up on. Like so what, today, I don't know if you noticed it, but like just a little sneak peeks, I couldn't help myself. But um, we started YouTube premieres. Yeah. So in 33 days, we have our first official premiere coming out, and it could have come out ages ago. I just held onto the content because I like to show the content into the event so people can see what they're buying tickets for. Hmm. I, I would hate for someone to buy TDC because, forgive me for saying this, it's cool, hmm. and then then come there and it's not for them. Yeah. Like that would bum me out. I don't, I don't want 750 people going to the event, 750 people coming, people yeah. that are going to take away and help, um, you know, move move their mind into a position where they're going to do something with their life in the industry for the people of Brisbane with their companies, like the people that you work for, you're benefiting them. They're creating products and services for the general public. Yeah. If I do my job right, Brisbane as a whole appreciates yeah. it yeah. in one way or another, in, in, indirectly or not indirectly. So to go back to Nike and the sports, like I really feel like that's about to happen for TDC and mm. like we're going into, we're launching a store. Yeah. We're partnering up with some of the coolest Australian um, brands and um, products and services that are like, have like brand roots and sustainability and uh, recycling. I don't want to say too much because yep. keep people hungry about that. But um, yeah, from the store to the event to the talks that we've had to our podcast. Yeah, boy, we're coming. <laughs> yeah, um, we're launching a podcast. Yeah, nice. And it's creating an ecosystem where people can really understand what they're buying into. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful thing that they're buying into. It helps. Mm. Uh, put any sort of purchases, uh, purchase doubt aside and people can come come into this and go, well, this is what I hope to achieve. We're going to put the checks and means in so they can sort of validate their own goals and dreams at TDC. Yeah. And then we'll just fucking high five them on the way out and go, let's get pissed or whatever you do. <laughs> like, let's go boogie. Let's go celebrate what we've achieved. And then I'll see you in your town in a matter of months from now with a tour. Yeah. Like, well, we've got everything happening, man. So, so, I think Nike is rad because of what you said. Yeah. And um, and I, I guess what I wanted to finish with there was I aspire to to be able to do that. And I really don't think you need to be Nike mm. to lean into content and to have something worth talking about. Yeah. If you've got something worth like you don't have to be huge, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think as a little guy, I think um I think I'm gonna start to feel the the, the achievement of what we've well what I've done over the last 10 years, and and I'm pretty pumped about that, man. So that's awesome. Fucking Mate, yes. good on you. I did it. I mean, and yeah, ten years on, hopefully going forward, going forward with a with a in a state of, I guess, um, you know, expression or ec- excitement, enthusiasm, rather than coming from a place of fear, oh, fear man. of failing. Yeah, well, the fear for a long time was it was a good thing, man. Like, you hope it's more like fear or hope. It's like you know, I hope I do well, but I I, I fear that. I mean, put it this way, it didn't compa- like stop me. Mm. If anything, it kind of fueled me. It was like a real good fear. It was a fear of like that when push comes to shovel late at night, I've still got plenty. Yeah. I've got plenty to, to keep researching, you know, in the morning. I'm like, oh, man, I've got that CSS problem I get to figure out or I'm halfway through it or, you know, and you're always learning and evolving. So um, the fear was good, but now it's kind of like a – I suppose it's a type of fear, but really it's like a, it's almost turned into an excitement of 
what the future holds. And man, COVID can't hold me back. Bro, this is COVID's been the strangest thing that's ever happened to me, man. Like, it's totally not what I thought. And the, the most disappointing thing is we've postponed probably three times, or yeah. we, we will have postponed three times, skipping the whole year. And what bothers me is that I know that there's a lot of people out there that really they love TDC, man, and they love connecting with their interstate friends and they love like being, you know, fueled and they love checking in where they are with themselves on their own creative journey at TDC because that's something that we're big on. And, man, yeah, I'm just, it just bums me out that people have had, they'll, they'll end up waiting two years between TDCs. Like we should have already had one and I'm mm. thinking to myself, man, that went quick. Yeah. Like TDC came and gone twice because yeah. we postponed, we've delayed twice and I was thinking, man, that's crazy. Like it's good. So, yeah. yeah, and I guess my goal going future is to slow time down, man, like to do something every day like that's not TDC. So we'll get there. The next one's a big one for us. Yeah. Mate, that's cool. Thanks <laughs> for sharing. Yeah, that just, so I asked you what your favorite color was. You ended up telling me the... Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's all good. Back to, back to Louis Vuitton. Um, interesting brand. I saw... I really like rugby and they brought out a rugby ball a few years ago with Dan Carter, which is pretty cool. But he just, was the Kiwi bloke, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a legend. Yeah. What a, that guy is a true gentleman. Yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. I've never even met him, but you just – he was the captain, right, wasn't no, he? No, no, but he was like the star no, player. I was thinking of McCaw. You were thinking of Richie McCaw, yeah. Richie McCaw. Yeah. What a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I wish he was my dad <laughs> or my uncle. <laughs> uncle Richie. Mate, go and smoke each other with Uncle Richie. Mate, we, we named our cat after Richie. Yeah, our, nice. Our cat's called Richie McCaw. Richie Mapor, yeah. that's terrible. <laughs> you do branding. But, uh, yeah, so, go on. So Louis Vuitton brought out a footy. They brought out a footy. Like it's just, you know, <clears throat> and it would just be a, a statement piece or a show piece, but they partner with someone in oh, that for space. Sure. And then it'd probably be, you know, five or ten grand to buy this rugby ball bag. Don't forget it. though, in France, the <clears throat> rugby union is, is a cult, man. That's, mm. a, that's like rugby union internationally, rugby union's huge. Like England, France. Wales, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty the, sure they're like powerhouse yeah. brands themselves. Yeah. Like they're good. They, I think they get paid quite well. Yeah, in yeah. France, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd yeah. be. I, I mean, I wish I got to play for Australia. I was in the squad for for what? For baseball. Yeah, but I never got picked for the team. I, yeah, it was. I was so close. Were you Were you into design growing up? Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, hundred percent. Um, when I was a doing? kid, I was drawing cars mm. heaps. Couldn't stop drawing cars, man. I was really good at it too, eh? Like I was really good at drawing cars. They're probably terrible, but I remember them as being like, they shouldn't do this, they should do that. And all this stuff that's coming out now, like, um, like you know, like like the user interface of signaling and brake lights. Mm. Like, man, I've been saying for years the blinker should like shoot out to the left if you turn and left and it should shoot out to the right if you're turning right. And if you jam on your brakes, it should be really bright. But if you just kind of like got your foot on the brake and you're kind of coasting, it should just be kind of like a duller glow. Like, yeah. like my foot's on the brake, I'm slowing down, but at a slower pace yeah. as opposed to, you know, you're cruising along, you get this huge red, red light, bright red light in your face for no reason because someone's accidentally tapped tap the brake or something with their foot. Yeah. And then, um, and I was given Audi fucking hell props for this fucking the 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 user interface of the, how, how, the, how the light sort like of like beam yeah, across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call it—the animation of the movement. <laughs> and then I saw a fucking Audi with uh, its hazards on, and they were both shooting out like that. And I was like, no, 
they're all just meant to flash now. <laughs> it's like, who's in charge of these places? Like, yeah, all right, we did the lights this morning, tick. Yeah. And then they spent four years designing the rest of the car. It's like, what's going on there? It's good. <laughs> yeah, so footies, Louis Vuitton, Audi. Boom. Right, very good. Keeping it European. So, I mean, so that the idea of like redesigning the UI of, of car lights, is that something you had as an early kid or like a teenager yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I walk around curious as oh, – so from cars, I went into um, – so what I excelled at at, at high school was graphics. Mm. So uh, there was myself and a couple other guys. We all scored really well, like just straight A's. And everything else I was good at, but I really had to apply myself. <laughs> like, well, I played baseball every day. So yeah. I fin- I've, in high school I finished grade 12 at midday every day. I'd ride my bike home, have a snooze, might do a little bit of homework. Old girl would pick me up at sort of mid-afternoon and we had to be here in Brisbane by about, I don't know, like four o'clock when all the other kids knocked off school and like got picked up and taken to training, like playing for Queensland or Sunshine Coast was actually at Pine Rivers. So mm. so I played for Pine Rivers and, and Redcliffe on there the, the, for people who don't know anything about Brisbane baseball. Um, that's like the, the team's closest to where I live on the Sunshine Coast. And um, yeah, man, it was it was I was fully committed to yeah. baseball. And I mean, I was six foot something in high school. I was yeah. already like ninety kilos in high school. I was a, I was a, I was a man in high school. <laughs> I just didn't look like one. Couldn't grow a beard. <laughs> so when when did um, squeaky voice and and uh, you went to the states for baseball? Is yeah, that right? yeah, yeah. Good times. And yeah. I think that's one of the other reasons why I really appreciate Brizzy is because um, man, I've seen I've seen what happens when a, a country is you know a hundred years older than ours or more. I don't know. And some places just old and they're cooked and they're, they're never going to change and they're like stuck in poor culture. And I saw that in America and it's unfortunate because a lot of the towns that I played in were like, forgive me, Nambor, but the Nambors of of America. Mm. Like they were stuck culturally. Um, they were a town which is a product of a bygone era. For example, Nambor used to have have a sugar mill in it where a lot of these towns in the industrialization of the USA would be like entire towns that are founded on steel mill. Mm. So war ends, they stop building stuff, the steel mill goes down the, down the bin, there's a town there but now there's no work mm. and it just fucking rots. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a sad state of affairs and I suppose – as young people, are we fucking young still? I hope so. Um, <laughs> as we get older or 100 years from now, is there going to be like really less because everyone took way too much? Mm. Is it going to be like, you know, like we're all talking about sustainability, we're all talking about all these bits and pieces, but no one seems to be fucking making any cuts, man, like, Cut the, the carbon taxes back in the news and everyone's like, yeah, well, bloody Australia won't vote for that. And it's like, well, fuck, we better. <laughs> On the way here, I was like, what temperature is it? It's like 20. It's fucking hot today. <laughs> I've got a beanie on. It's like, it's not winter. <laughs> like, honestly, like, we're in deep shit and yeah. nobody nobody knows it. Mm. It's, it's, it's like pre-COVID before it hit. Everyone's like, yeah, we'll be fine. Imagine if COVID was swapped out the fucking COVID, which is a terrible branding job, by the way. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, but when the fucking 
world starts heating up in a way that's massively destructive as it's been in other parts of the world here, we're going to start to think to ourselves, what the fuck are we thinking? Mm. Like truly what we're thinking. V8s as a rule. Should be banned. <laughs> no car needs a V8. Man, I've got a very big V8 listener, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, if you're a farmer yeah. and you need that sort of torque <clears throat> to haul shit around your farm, you should have to go and get it like a license, like a gun license. Yeah. You know, in America, people buy trucks to be safe from getting in car accidents from other trucks because there's so many trucks on the road. Yeah, the cars are huge. And they're huge. pumping that shit out. Yeah. Like it's col- It's good Good culture. Mm. It's not good culture, people. Yeah. People of America, hear me. <laughs> like, like it's just terrible. There should be more hybrid cars. And, man, don't get me wrong. I Like we're working with BMW now and my next car is going to be fucking mental. <laughs> but at least it'll just be a four-banger. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. if you put it into like. I've a test drive. It's amazing. Love you, BMW. Um, <laughs> but a test drive, and if you put it into eco mode, it just feels like a hybrid. And you're mm. like, this kind of justifies yeah. having something that when you push the fucking go mode, it just goes boom, and you're just like, yeah, baby. But do you think that, I mean, I think that's a great opportunity in design and in the creative space is that you've got these people who are tackling these challenges or these problems differently. And they're actually looking at using their design, their their creativity, their ability to drive change and change in behavior. That's why I like Formula One. Sorry? That's why I like Formula One. Yeah. Man, I I don't know if you like Formula One, but I like Formula One. (laughs) And if you like Formula One, I like you. Um, No, but like Lewis Hamilton, great driver in a spectacular car at the moment, has been for a a couple of years now. They're driving turbocharged six cylinders compared to with like a hybrid battery thingy in it. Um, 10 years ago when I first got into Formula 1, back when I was driving cars, no, like 20 years ago, because that's kind of, I think that might have kicked me off. Like, because I lived in Adelaide for a bit and the cars, you could hear the V10s and the V12s like, <laughs> and but like from here to like a long way away, man, like here to Cooparoo. I'd yeah. be in Cooparoo and they'd be racing around the city and you could hear them. You'd be like, oh, they're practising. That's insane. Mm. Like as loud as a plane going over. And you're yeah. like, man, that's so loud. They're not as loud anymore. Mm. And a lot of the technologies that they're using will filter into cars. And they mm. will because, like, people want to go fast, right? People want to go faster than the other person. It's like people want to earn more money than the other person. Don't ask me why. <laughs> We're just fucking idiots and we all want to do that. Well, a lot of people want to do that. Um, but – do you put like a little marker down every time I swear? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, No, so like it's good that the technology from Formula One filters in so we can use less fuel and we can go fast if we still want to mm. or we can have power to have a larger car to push, you know, family, two kids and the dog safely yeah. around the country and that's what I want for people. I want people to live and I want people to be safe and I want us to use less and mm. I want us to be more happy. Mm. And it's just not a culture at the moment. It's just uh, I need to have more than you to feel excellent about who I am and it's just it's just kind of helped me now. Oh, and the other brand I like is is Aesop or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aesop, whoever yeah. you call it. I love their products, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I love them. I actually love them. Yeah. I use them. I have everything. Really? Yeah, I, I sometimes I run out of their toothpaste and I just <laughs> dodge and grab because I have to drive an hour and a half to get their toothpaste. <laughs> It's too far. It's too far for toothpaste. But, um, yeah. Um, sorry. No, that's all I right. Digress. So, so tell me about like going from 
you know, when did you stop professional baseball and go into, you know, setting up the design conference? So um, grade 12, two years, like I was saying earlier, and then boom, man, I got picked up, snapped up, and straight over to the pros. I skipped college and mm. I played four years. Then I came back, did three years of university. I sort of had a half a year off because, like, the playoffs were in September, all Chrissy holidays, went to school like March or something the next year. And big shout-out to Cleveland Indians actually and, and the the scout that picked me up, Les Pajari, because um, they didn't have a lot of money to give me at the time because they just kind of accidentally found me. But they fucking paid for me to go to school, yeah, which cool. was awesome. So like, you did uni in the States? No, I did uni here. I did oh, at wow. Sunny Coast. And I, I kind of regret that. But I really wanted to be home after four years. But I wish I went to a school in Europe or something because I still haven't gone. That's mm. that's the curse of the fucking design conference. Too too scared to travel, <laughs> like too scared to spend the little bit of money that I had. Yeah. Not on the people that supported me, which mm. was that's that's probably the worst thing about TDC. But um, the um, got back. So eighteen. So probably about twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Uni got out. Like I was like kind of like, kind of old at uni. Like older than all the young people, but younger than all the old people. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, so the question was when, how did I start it or when did I start it? Well, yeah, when did you start it? So 11 years ago, 2011, but yeah. it was the first, it was within 12 months of graduating university. And why did, why did you do that and not just get a graphic design job somewhere? Well, I mean, and I feel really terrible. Well, not really terrible. Like it's really going to mould some exceptional designers this COVID environment, but I came out during fucking GFC. Yeah, because it hit a bit later here. So like, yeah, it was terrible, yeah. bro. Yeah. So I got out, and um, in the year sort of of graduating, coming out like it was here, mm. and I knew people over there that were now working over here, and vice versa, and there was no fucking jobs going, man. Like I didn't even bother trying to get a job. So I started. In fact, I was freelancing at uni. So. Yeah. I had a couple of clients when I got out and I was making, you know, like I think my first year legit I made like 24 grand, like my first year out of uni. Like, yeah. And I was like, I'm making money. Because <laughs> like I used to work at a, at a surf shop, man, and I really appreciate Todd, Roz, Sean and Kerry that gave me that job because I'd come home from America, had the best spot in the store, tune all the girls, sell heaps of stuff. I'm really good at selling. And um, <laughs> believe it or not, I got the gift of the gab. And um, <laughs> everyone at home just like, fucking shut up. <laughs> um, and then um, I got out of uni like 2010. And then after one year I was like, I started working with this other crew and I was thinking to myself, I have time up my sleeve and I have had these experiences. I won a design competition in university that flew me around the world. Never, I've told this story a thousand times but it made an impact on my life, meeting people and having a first-hand account of what it means to be successful at the highest, the highest levels mm. in multiple different creative industries. And all these people are just standard folks, man. They're just regular dudes. They're yeah. just rich, you know what I mean? Or they're just really stressful or running really big businesses or doing yeah. really big branding jobs or running huge fucking brands. Like mm. I met like brand, like brand managers for fucking every great company from 10 years ago that was in Queensland, like all the fashion companies, Billabong, Element, all that. Yeah. And you could just see like, you know, I think one thing I sort of stumbled upon was like you think jobs are cool because of 
the coolness the brand represents, but yeah. it's still a fucking hard slog job. Yeah. <laughs> and and life is basically a hard slog and playing baseball was a super hard slog and I sort of was like I really enjoy design, but very much as a creative, I was excited about strategy, psychology, buying, like purchase, like I don't know the term for it, if it's a correct term, but like purchase behaviour. Yeah. <clears throat> um customer retention and all this, but I was not getting that mm. from working for clients and I wasn't getting exposed to those kinds of projects because I didn't have the experience. Yeah. And a lot of people will say things like, well, you want to get this intern job but uh, they want two years experience and how do you get experience if you can't get an intern job? And I'm like, I hear you, but figure it out. Because mm. if you can figure out the chicken, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you're going to be fucking unstoppable. Yeah. And I figured it out. Yeah. I just started doing shit at university. So when I got out of uni, I've been freelancing for two years. They're like, all right, we'll give you a shot. Yeah. And then when I won that competition, they were just like, it was basically, who do you want to meet? Mm. And I was like, I want to meet Dr. Dre. <laughs> I want to meet Steve Jobs. And then um, there's tw- like, then there's a list of 20 other people. Yeah. And on top of that 20 was Tony Akabashio, which was a designer I used to write to before Facebook. Yeah. So at uni, I bought this really expensive magazine from um, America that I'm not going to say the name of it. Um, I had a really bad fucking exchange with the with one of the people there. I'm just unprofessional. And um, anyway, it's so one guy that I wrote to. Uh, I wrote to him and I've wrote a fucking essay to him, like massive email. He wrote back and he's like having a full-blown go at me. And I was like, man, I'm not picking fight here. Just saying like... You went on a rant and fucking inadvertently ripped everything I'm about and yeah. I'm not a fuckwit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, I don't think I'm a fuckwit and I'm fucking pro everything. Like I've got a really broad brain and I fucking stand up for everything that needs to be st- stood up for for no reason other than it's the right thing to do. I believe the world would be a better place with more people like me. You know what I mean? And I'm not being a cock. Like I have my flaws but... Yeah. You know, fuck, man, more people need to stand up for more people and that's a big thing that I'm about, right? Yeah. So taking that into consideration, we had this exchange and so he got to the top of that list of 20 people and I met him and fucking really, really good thing mm. to sit with him and connect like two Wait, fucking did you, did you write in the email before you met him? Yeah, years before because we were in conversation and this thing was like who do you want to <clears> meet, <throat> this, this, this thing I won. And that was like meet six heroes and then they gave me beer and then I had to fly around the world and have a beer with all these people. Oh, that's awesome. And um, so they're Who like- Who put that on? Tui's. How good. Yeah, good on your Tui's. Not like currently a, a sponsor. <laughs> have to just <laughs> have to um, give uh, a bloody Boiling Pot Craft Brewery from Noosa a shout out at the same <laughs> time at the moment because they're my preferred beer of choice. But so, <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. So <laughs> they- so you were in conversation with this guy and then you won a competition and you actually got to go meet him. Yeah, yeah. So when but, I won the competition. were you having a heated debate before you met him? Yeah, yeah. But it was, all, it was all calm after that. We were homies by then. When I met him, it was just like, yeah, Tony, what's up? Man, so this dude's name is Tony Akabashio. Mm. And um, if you know who I'm talking about, like he's the fucking man. But he's just not super, 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 super famous. Like mm. he's not like Virgil Abloh. <clears throat> but- I know for a fact, without knowing for a fact, Tony Akabashi and Virgil Abloh would if they if they if they're not friends, they fucking know each other. Yeah. But Tony is is the conduit. He's the rite of passage 
for anyone that's kicking it, like killing it in New York City. Yeah, wow. If you're on the way up, Tony's a part of your story for sure. That's awesome. Like when I was over there, I rocked up and Anthony Lister, and who's fucking rat shit at the moment, well, I don't know if he's rat shit, but just shitty stuff was written about him on um, social media. Um, Tony introduced me to Anthony Lister. And um, at the time, Anthony, to me, was like he was on my list of 20. Mm. And I really appreciated that. And Anthony was lovely to me at the time. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, t- Tony's, t- 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 to circle back, Tony, Tony Akabashio is, is a dude. That's the best way to put it. And he's inspired me to be a dude to other people. Yeah. So whenever it is possible and someone needs help or, you know, they just ask me something with authenticity and vulnerability and they own it, they're like, oh, this, that, the other. I'm just like, it's all good. I got you. Yeah. Like a free ticket to the event or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm about, man. <laughs> but so you had, so you, you're freelancing for two years. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, Ish. Yeah. So where does, where does the actual concept to go, I'm going to put on a conference in Brisbane? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I <laughs> didn't answer that one, did That's I? Right. Um, the, the concept was, um, so it started on Sunny Coast yep. uh, in a cinema. In my mind, I was like, the biggest issue with starting an event like mine is how many tickets am I going to sell and what venue do I get? Mm. But a cinema has various sized cinemas in a cinema. Yeah. So if it wasn't enough tickets, we'd be in the small one. If we sold heaps of tickets, I'd just push it to the big one. Yeah. Give the cinema more money, call a sellout, do some high fives, and away we go. So we did that in the sunny coast and Gold Coast for two two cycles. 2013, I invited way too many people to speak because they didn't get back to me in time. And then I um, ended up just making it a two-day event and moving it to Chermside Cinema. Yeah. In 2015... The Brisbane Powerhouse, Chris Stewart, who's the head of Brisbane Powerhouse as far as I can tell, reached out and said, bring your event to Powerhouse, we've got you. And I was like thinking to myself, do you reckon, do I reckon I could pull off a 500-seater event? And we did it, eh? Mm. And it's almost as if the limitations to which I placed on my own ability to deliver were stopping me from having more people. Mm. And then I was like, okay, because... I was like, what's the minimum number of a sellout audience here? And they're like, 500. And I was like, all right, I need to have 500. I literally sold 500 tickets on the dot. That's awesome. Well, it's not awesome. I should have said 731 <laughs> like I currently do. Do you know what I mean? I want to understand what it is that our minds are capable of. Mm. And so on the 30th of next month, I've booked in to do um, an ayahuasca ceremony. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to take the plunge into the unknown and, <laughs> And I, I really hope to, um, we call it the grandmother, to meet like grandmother nature basically mm. <clears throat> and like gone, man. Well, we'll not be on this planet for a solid six hours <laughs> and I'll go into the abyss and it's going to be, it's going to be, from what I understand and I've been listening to quite a bit of stuff, it's, it's um, complete separation of ego. Mm. So everything that protects me from myself and makes me think I'm awesome is not going to be there. The brakes come off and there's no turning back. Like it's like it's like paddling for a big wave and you you, you gotta go. Go so go we, or die. So the the come the 30th we might be seeing a different map and we oh, might man, be seeing felt, a different TDC. No, well, it look, to be honest, it's been on my mind for a long time. Yeah. And um I know that I've heard all sorts of stories. 
the one that 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 worries me is the fact that um some people are so shallow but also so awesome that they um they have the ability to have a complete 180 in their life like they just go from maybe like um bong smoking semi-professional Sony PlayStation player to a PT. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And and if their partner or their friends are so attached to bong smoking PlayStation, then their friends are like, you changed. Yeah. In Now, for that one person, I'm not, not rip, ripping on ripping bongs. I'm not ripping on ripping bongs. Um, do whatever you want. But there is a point in time where your fucking health and your well-being is critical and mm. what you feed your, your mind and your spirit and your soul is critical. Yeah. And I've always fed it the fucking most wholesome shit. Like I heard a thing on the radio the other day. I went fishing. Mm. Uh, well, I re- let me rewind. I went fishing on the Great Barrier Reef and it's fucking awesome. Anyone yeah. just go, you put the fish straight back, they're massive, <laughs> and you catch them in about a minute. Snorkeling on the Great Barrier. Oh my God, man. I was mind blown. Yeah. But anyway, so I've been doing these little trips. Fuck, what was I saying just before that? Um, where were we? Uh, I was. You heard uh, something on the radio. Oh, no, I feel, I feel <clears throat> my. Um, oh, yeah, on the radio. Thank you. This is huge. And because and I got out of range and I fucking couldn't hear Spotify anymore. So I was, I was actually listening to one of your podcasts. I'm not there actually, Craig Black one. And, um, and um, so I had to listen to the radio and it's talk back AM because the mm. only thing I could get in this, way, I was way out country, out near Gladstone. And this guy, psychologist is on there and it's like average human being tells them one, up to 1,000 negative thoughts a day. Mm. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's overwhelming for me. Because <laughs> yeah. I get up in the morning and she be like, what's up, legend? How you going, legend? You know, fucking going to have a good day, legend? I'm like, fuck yeah, I am going to have a good day. Like, I'm full of positivity, man, and I, I don't know where it came from. Mm. I can't tell you. I just thought everyone was like this. Yeah. And so while people have gone into ayahuasca and they've come out the other way, I think I'm going to come out just a whale, heaps more distilled version of myself. Mm. And, like, I don't know if I have a front of confidence. I've often told, like, my closest friends that I think I'm actually an introvert wrapped in an extrovert because sometimes I just don't have anything to say. And when people are talking, I'm so fucking bored, man. It's like, so if I go in and do this um, ceremony, I think I'm going to come out. What I hope to do is see myself for who I actually am mm. and so I can understand myself on a, on a with a new dimension because, man, I, I know that, there's things that I sort of see life, I see life as a story and it's like I could say or do something really funny here but it's not going to be funny today. (laughs) (laughs) But when we talk about this as old people and we're old mates, it'll be fucking hilarious (laughs) and I can't help but do those things. Mm. And some, to most people that know me, they're like, man, he's crazy. But to other people, I know that they don't like it. Mm. And I'm struggling to find the the balance between being my true self, being the self that I know I can be, being the self I know I should be, and differentiating the difference. Because, mm. man, I'm having fun. I know I'm not hurting anyone, but I know some people out there just don't like who I am and I can't fucking tell you why. Yeah, I have no idea <clears throat> why because I'm a dude <laughs> and I'm really generous and I'm yeah. really lovely 
And, I, and, you know, I do everything I can to make sure other people's feelings are not hurt. Do you, do you think perhaps this experience might give you a way to detach from caring? About that, no, things? if anything, it'll, it'll open my heart to... to not, 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 not saying that you I don't care about them, but you don't care about their opinions as much? Oh, no, I don't care about their opinions. Yeah. I already don't. Mm. But I do... I do care about the impact that I have on other people, mm. whether they're right or if they're fucking idiots, they can get <laughs> fucked. Like, honestly, I can't help them because if it's not me that's pissing them off, it'll be someone else. Yeah, completely. But I also know that there's people that are desperate for help and mm. maybe I can hone or tune my understanding to be like, hey, I can see that you're not having a rad time. Mm. How can I help? Yeah. Like, and one of these epiphanies did happen at TDC. Um, we got a one-star review once. And no comment, no reply to my reach out. And I was like, fuck, man, clearly they don't want to talk to me. And I've never met this person in my life. And I wasn't that pissed at the after party. And I definitely didn't hit on this person. Like I didn't do anything that I can consider what I would consider rude. So maybe someone else did or said something rude to this person. Anyways, I ended up creating a code of conduct, sharing it with them in a DM so they could see what would happen, what could have happened, what would happen and how we'd deal with it, mm. they removed their one-star review the next day. Mm. Still didn't reply to me, but they, I, I felt through their inaction what inaction I had to make or action and, and as a result they had massive appreciation. Yeah. And that level of self-awareness, I would like to have that in the moment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I, I have to admit, man, I fucking struggle so hard, bro. I fucking struggle so hard, not personally, but I struggle to be the person I want to be. And um, I find it very difficult to be that awesome. Like I find it incredibly difficult to be like fit and healthy and I don't know, organised and um, all, all at the same time. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone does. Yeah. But I just want to be that. Yeah. For, for my kids. Yeah. My future, for the, for the future of the world. Mm. I want to be like, I can do it and I'm, I'm not smart. I'm fucking street smart and I'll fucking fight you <laughs> if you have to, but I won't throw the first punch. Yeah. I'll, I'll be like, man, if you, if, if you really want to take it there, we can. Just remember that you're fucking with a family man. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I just want to I, I fully listen to the Dre album on the way out, by the way. Um, but, yeah, like I, I, I want to... My grandfather was an incredible human being mm. and I want to be just like him but Matt Haynes, Matt Haynes brand. Yeah. Because hey, there's already been the original mm. and there's no way I could top his swan song. Yeah. So I just want to do it my way. And that's really weird I said that because my way, Frank Sinatra, was his song. <laughs> that's cool. So it's crazy that I just completely contra- contradicted myself. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, on that though, like you're, you're talking about understanding if people aren't, in a good space and that sort of thing and what you can do to help. I mean, in what you've created in Design Conference, you've created a community of people Fully. who come together and have a transformational experience, be that through connecting through a shared passion of design. Yeah. How, is, how has the conference evolved over the years? I mean, you've, you've taken me to the first one in 2015 or like yeah. the first one at the Powerhouse. Was that like a turning point for the conference of, well, of where it sort of became... I guess it sort of proved to, to you, did it prove to you at that stage that, hey, this is a, this is a real yearly thing that we're going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think more so in COVID it's proven it to me because right. every year I've been painting this masterpiece. 
Mm. And I've had my little, I was going to call it easel, but you got that little paint thing. It looks like a paint block with yeah, yeah. paint. And I've got that in my beautiful little brush. And I've been there painting and painting and painting. And COVID came along and I looked at the things that weren't the best about the event and I've made them much better. Mm. But in doing so, inadvertently, I've looked back at what I've achieved and, and it, it struck me, man. I, I've, I've done something fucking spectacular. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's testament to... Like, it is good. Like, do you think it's good? Yeah, it's great. Yes. I've, been, I've been, I think, three times uh, or two times. Yeah, mate, great time. Like, yeah. it's, it's you, you get access to... There's a buzz to, there, isn't there? You, well, you get access to speakers that you, you otherwise would never have come into contact with. Absolutely. And, and there's a level of intimacy where you can actually go up and speak to speakers afterwards. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, yeah, we've had yeah, guests from the conference on this show. Um, and it's... Yeah, yeah it's great work. You, Craig Berg, Craig they're, they're people that you you meet and you you just want to learn more about what they're doing. And, oh, for and, sure. And it's, you know, hugely impact oh, like influential. Yeah, well, man, it put it this way: every year there's been whatever sucked that we made it better the next mm. year. So a lot of it was technology yeah. and people. Mm. So when I first did it, it was rough. It was Cat Five cable into a HDMI converter put into the side of the computer, run 50 metres, which is the max, plugged HDMI, uh, Cat5 back into HDMI converter into the the side of the projector. Mm. And the ads were the changing desktop on top of a Apple Mac. Yeah. Like like literally just like that, plugged into that, and that was just huge. Mm-hmm. Like it was fucking basic shit, man. Like, But, but I mean... But I now think we've got like, put, like 30 putting te- people. Putting technology aside, like I think it's the person on stage delivering the content and then the other people around that you're experiencing it with because that live atmosphere, like oh, what yeah, you create yeah, is but, atmosphere. But for me, that's a variable. Mm. That's what you bring to the conference. Right. So you're saying like you, you're trying to continue to invest in the, the well, foundation of the conference to make sure that the, you know. Yeah, well, technology creates, yeah. um, for example, we can have 4K now. Mm. And when we have 4K, fucking that big, it looks clear as fuck. Like that big, like it already does look clear, but it looks even better. Yeah. Um, we've got incredible audio. Like when those title sequences come on, they're fucking be like, oh, my God, I'm at, um, this is a real thing. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, I should have paid more money for this. Like it's, <laughs> it, And it really comes to life. And we've got so many other like personal touches and experiences that, and the one I'm looking forward to most is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when you arrive at Design Conference going forward, you'll be given sort of a type of note, unlike it's not too much different to this, and on it we'll ask you some fucking terrifying questions like what are you ashamed of? What's the biggest mistake you've made? What do you regret? What's your goals? What's something really difficult that you really wish didn't happen to you and what's something good that came out of it? And helping people emotionally and spiritually bridge to a positive and then at the end of that exercise, they fold it up, they give it to us, they give it to us to hold on to for 12 months, and it's a time capsule letter, and you mm. write it to yourself. And the reason I've implemented this is because I think writing your goals down makes them real. Mm. Um, uh, I suppose writing down things that you really don't tell anybody, you might be able to tell them to yourself, yep. and that might help you confront them because we all have baggage, and people talk about it, and... Um, I think if you can at least acknowledge your baggage. And I don't, I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I do not know if this will work. <laughs> but um, we're just designing ways that people 
can look inward mm. at themselves and understand maybe what it is that I'm so high on mm. because I'm so grateful to be alive, man. Like I've got a half-decent fucking rig. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm athletic. Yeah. I'm not too fat, not too bald, <laughs> not too ugly. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, get, I get through. I'm really grateful and I've had a great life and I just know that the cookie hasn't crumbled on some people and mm. they deserve it. And I think for you to have the cookie crumble on you, I think being grateful is a big part of that mm. and to own those parts that have, to own, the you know, your own history mm. is kind of I think is a good step towards making, the, like being grateful and that will start good things happening to you and starting the, your positive flow with the, with the earth. And I'm starting to sound like a full-blown hippie fuck. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, so, and that's why we launched the Orb Awards. Yeah. Because they are about what you're doing outside of running your business or mm-hmm. they, they are that's how you do what you do and why you do what you do. Yeah. And a lot of those things are very much um, conditional around um, money yeah. and, and building your business and going without for the benefit of other people, yeah. whether that's as a teammate or as a creative or as an agency. And I realise awards get a bit of blowback at the moment, but I don't think there's something like this. And, and the thing that I've, I've modelled it off a little bit is like B Corps. Yep. And I have a lot of respect for that because that going all the way back to what we're talking about earlier with cars and fucking V8s and shit, ain't no V8 company ever going to be a B Corp. I hope yeah. not because it'd be like unnecessary environmental impact. Mm. B, B Corps are all about environmental impact and I think TDC Orb Awards are all about emotional and spiritual impact that yep. you create Mm. and make yeah and um it's going to take a lot of guts to enter that and it's going to also take a cultural shift to enter that and um so part of what we're doing with that ecosystem i'm saying is every month i'll be profiling someone that entered it just to be like this person's a brave person yeah because they've entered in this thing they've Mm. told me how much money they make (laughs) like that's no mean feat yeah and, like, I don't know if they're lying and I'm not in a position yet to even be like, well, I need to talk to your accountant to verify this. Yeah. But we'll absolutely be talking to their staff to verify the <laughs> shit that they've said. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, this is this is a serious shit. Like, I've put my hand up to say I want to contribute towards the culture of Australian design mm. and um, I want to do it right. So you spoke about evolution. I've evolved as a human being. I've evolved as a creative. I've evolved as a man. Um, I've evolved as a friend and, and, and a lover and I want to um, help other people evolve and um, those evolutions are evident in mm. TDC mm. because I raise awareness to the things that I've evolved to yeah. each year through the people I pick, yeah. that I have equal men and women, that the last event was meant to have a male and female from every continent on earth. Yeah. Like... This shit's fucking important. Yeah. And and while I do realize that there's a lot of fucking points of view that are being shared in the in the arena on many podcasts around Black Lives Matter and everything, at the end of the day, we need to love each other more. Mm. However, that comes around. Yeah. And I realize that, you know, black folks aren't into liking the cops, and I fucking get it. Mm. I wouldn't like the cops either, but we can't be at war for the rest of our lives. So systemic racism and all this shit has to change. 
like I listen to Joe Rogan and they're talking about defunding the police, not defunding the police. Just fucking fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like at the end of the day, and one thing that, that that I've been talking about with my friends is that so many people are held down, man. They're held down in the fucking depths of doom and all they've got literally is the Broncos. Mm. And when the Broncos aren't playing, man, they're fucking hating life, hey. Like they literally have no, they're treating their kids like shit. They're treating their fucking pets like shit. They're treating themselves like shit. And they're not going to come out of this thing yeah. in this lifetime. And they're just going to fucking leave a trail of shit wherever they go. And no one ever pulled them up on it mm. because they've got <clears throat> shitty friends, because we've all gone through shit. And it's easier to be a shit person than it is to take the high path. Yeah. But man, the minute that you start giving and the minute that you start offering yourself in a way, Helping, like even just helping somebody else when you need help, you will feel so fucking enlightened that you'll fix your own problems at the same time. Yeah. Because not that I know this to be fact, but it appears to me that all the richest people in the world aren't the happiest people. Mm. All the richest people in the world, they just have options, but you can't buy friends. Mm. And the people with friends seem to be the happiest people. So that's what I'm all about, man. <laughs> and so, if, you know, if TDC can bring people together, <clears throat> if we can build culture, mm. if I can do small acts of kindness that help give people, let's say it's a materialistic thing, maybe it's a fucking orb award or maybe it's a, they're on the podcast or maybe they're here or maybe they're there. Maybe after that experience I'll go, I don't feel any difference after being on a podcast. So what the fuck's going to make me feel different? Maybe mm. I'll try that thing that that person said I should do. Mm. I'll quit smoking. Or maybe I'll fucking have a weekend off the piss and like my, one of my friends, Sam, it's now been fucking 90 days without a drink. Yeah. We went to a birthday party and he, he just drank soda waters all night. And I've, I've, I wouldn't say I've got there myself. I mean, just had a beer. It was fucking <laughs> delicious after it's best before. <laughs> but, but all things considered, I go to um, music events now and I'll have two drinks. Yeah. It's fucking dance, man. Just get into the fucking... Man, I, I, I am a hippie. I've just realised I'm a modern-day hippie. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I, I, I like that. The, I mean, the, the evolution, to, to summarise, the evolution has just been it's impacted me the same way it's impacted you. Mm. And then as my new self, I've tried to bring a new edge. Yeah. But then, then, then vice versa, impact. it's like my own relationship with TDC has helped me become a better person, helped TDC become a better experience. Yeah. And I just hope that continues going. And, and honestly, one day... To the next Matt Haynes that's out there, man, or, or, or Matina Haynes, I'm looking for you yeah. because, you know, we're moving into a profit model now where we're going to start making money and I'm looking for somebody who wants to redesign TDC and take it back to where it started with like the, what we used to call futures. But we're trying to do it, man, I'm struggling trying to get this event to students because mm. I've got TDC Pro and TDC students. It's one-tenth the cost. Yeah. It's fucking literally runs at a loss. Like mm. it only makes, if I charge double and sold the whole thing out, we'd make our money back. Mm -hmm. So I'm already running it at 50% loss and I can sell 300 tickets to it. Students of the world, <laughs> take advantage of this opportunity or I'll pack it up <laughs> because like. I thought it was genius when I saw it launch a few years ago where you had, you know, the first day of the powerhouse, you've got high school kids yeah. going to an event and experiencing design and understanding who these designers are. Yeah. Because in high school, I had no idea. What, yeah. And, what and so that's, so like. now it's just students, high schools yeah. and universities, because <clears throat> half the kids I went to university didn't know what they wanted to be either. So, yeah. um, 
but yeah, it's it's a big deal. So if you're if you're in education or something, get along to this. I mean, I'm happy to give you free tickets. Like honestly, <clears throat> bums in seats is what I'm about. <laughs> but tell me about the guests that you bring along to these conferences. How do you pick them? Um, so oh, not the guests. Sorry, sorry. Tell me about the speakers that yeah. that come to TDC. Yeah, How do you yeah, pick same them? shit. They're still guests as well, I suppose. <laughs> um, so start off with the the trip I run I won around the world. Yeah. Because while I was meant to be meet six people, I ended up meet, meeting about twenty. Mm. And um, so I invited all those people, and then I invited people that were similar to them. So I started to make a sort of a rhythm, and then they were like, "Oh man, you know who'd be great at this event? My friend, fucking dot dot dot." Yeah. Um, do you want me to introduce you? And I'm like, yes, please. And then so on top of recommendations come the really great speakers and the really passionate people and yeah. the, um, the, the, the people that you listen to and you think to yourself, oh, fuck, I want to be more like that person. Mm. Like, a real, like I like that person and I've never even met them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, and that's just what happened. And um, the international people who have spoken – and with all kudos to Australia, Australians, but the internationals have really brought, brought it to a new level, maybe because they're from different cultures or whatever. Yeah. Or they've spoken more. But um, I'm really grateful for everyone who's spoken at the conference. And, um, fuck, I'm looking forward to, to, to the future of it. Like um, we've started working with Carbon Creative. Well, not officially, but we're going to be working with them as our cultural consultants yeah. because we want TDC to be for all Australians, yeah. um, First Nation Australians included. Yeah. And, um. I'm a little bit ashamed about how uh, Aboriginal and First uh, Torres Strait Islander culture isn't prevalent and something that we celebrate. Like, mm. like we do, but it's something that I haven't personally celebrated with gusto, mm. uh, and I don't really know why, other than like I've not really thought to. Mm. And um, and I'm not a racist person or anything. It's just like it's just there was no Aboriginal kids. I was a couple of Aboriginal kids, and I was friends with them yeah. at high school. Yeah, and I've got like fucking. I had black mates in America that they're the raddest people ever and I love black culture. Meanwhile, over here, our native indigenous culture is just looked down on and it's it's not cool, man, mm. especially when you consider, you know, um, when you see the Kiwis play talking about rugby <clears> and <throat> do the hucker yeah. at the start. Yeah. Like that's the fucking meanest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And um, I, I, yeah. I, I, think, I want that to be shown at TDC think, and we've making Australia's, moves to do it. I think Australia's improving in celebrating it, but I don't think it's front of mind. Whereas in New Zealand, you know, seeing that there, like it is, like Maori culture is very front of mind. It in, feels in like Zealand. the white yeah, folks in New Zealand, in New Zealand are the minority as far as culture. Do you yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Like. Yeah. And it's a shame. Like it's a, it's a shame that um, in Australia. It's, it's it, our identity. Yeah. It's like our brand and we've neglected it. Mm. And what's the go with the flag at the moment, the Aboriginal flag? Apparently yeah, someone bought the trademark. rights to someone it. Someone the trademark rights to it. It's terrible. Yes. Come to really appreciate that flag. It's the most, it's deadly design, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I really, really like it. So to, to, to round up where we started, like, where will we be in a hundred years from now? Mm. What will our grandchildren be experiencing? And are the things that that we're taking note of today and fighting for tomorrow, the things that are going to be normal in the future? Because I fucking hope so. Mm. You know, yeah. like we just need to love one another a whole lot more, and we need to un- have more understanding and empathy for each other, and um. We need to stop looking in each other's pockets at how much money we make, or how big our house is, or how fast our our amazing European-designed BMW. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, 
it's just, it's a shame, man. Yeah. And um, I just want to say thanks from from me and my tribe for you having us on the show no, because right. to talk about this stuff, man, just gets a load off my shoulders. Right, <laughs> eh? no, that's good. We I'm... fucking bypassed a few of those questions, haven't we? <laughs> it's all right. We touched on them, didn't we? But I want to know, like, on the speakers because there's a few for me that stand out in the time that I've been. I'm not. I don't want to like name drop any of them, but I mean, you know, we've had Craig Black as as one of the um, guests on the Craig's show. Craig's wonderful, great guy, really inspiring story. Um, but there's been a few, you know, that that you see and you come away from, and you, you feel like, you know, that that being in that atmosphere or that um that amphitheater, you know, creates a bit of a bit of a changing moment in your career or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a what- magnifying glass for people's for people who are special. <laughs> that magnifies their aura yeah. for 45 minutes and they can inadvertently touch you, touch your soul if is, you tune in Do you think, enough. like, is there a common thread of these speakers that you see as like, yeah, when, when you meet someone who's got that and you're like, shit, yeah, I want to put them on stage? Well, for me, they're already on stage because mm. I don't get to meet them. But mm. it's the people, man, like, put it this way. If someone wants to know how much they're getting paid in the first two questions, in my experience, they're the bottom speakers. Yeah, okay. What do you mean? Like, so you're, you're reaching so out to like, them and they're like, yeah, cool, how much? Hi, I'm Matt Haynes. I would like you to speak at my event. If their question's like, yeah, cool, when, where and how much? You're just like, Brisbane, <laughs> May, $5,000. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're um, like weak reply. But if you're like, hey, man, I really love your staff. Would you like to speak at my event? Fucking look at that Batmobile. <laughs> the black Lamborghini. For those guests at home, it's just a really expensive Lambo just drove past. <laughs> um, Matt, um, Matt clearly still likes cars. Um, I love them. Um, yeah, um, I won't change. Maybe after my Oscar ceremony, I drive Prius backwards. Um, the, um, but Craig's like, yeah, pal love to <laughs> and I was like I look well, I was like look man we've got more internationals than <clears throat> than we thought we than than I can afford would you do it for two and a half grand I pay and just so you know I pay everyone else five grand mm. and he's like yeah pal I'd love to yeah and then he's like the see with Craig Craig's probably a more refined version of myself in a way do you know we both have that sporting heritage yeah. we both understand each other on that level um He's probably better designer than I am by a long shot. Um, but um, we're, we're in a sense we're birds of the same feather. Mm. So I picked up his – I knew Craig had the ability to do what he, what he was going to do. Yeah. Whereas other speakers, I know that they don't have the ability to do what Craig did, mm. but they do have the ability to reach out to an introvert mm. and have an introvert um, feel like they've got the power to be incredible. Yeah. So while I don't have a crystal ball um, – Everyone's different. Yeah. I understand that. And uh, the people that we like might not necessarily be the people that other people like. Uh, and But there's one thing that always does ring true is the third that you know will not be the third that blow your mind for a couple of reasons. The first one is you have expectations around people when you already know them. Yeah. And they're hard to meet. They're hard to meet. Mm. It's hard to meet your expectations because yeah. they're too high and you're too critical and somewhere between fanboying or fangirling, yeah. you stop listening. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, I've got to touch that. <laughs> and um, What's when, that like, don't meet your heroes? 
that you know that's yeah. that old adage because yeah, yeah. you, you go in you're like fuck this person's going to be incredible yeah and, and then, if they're off their game you'll yeah. be really fucking disappointed yeah and um whereas there's a third that you don't know and then like man I thought Tony Robbins was going to be the biggest clown and eventually I watched this thing on Netflix and he was fucking so real yeah and I was just like I love you <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean like 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 he was just like he's like who needs help with their problems? And this woman put her hand up and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, I've got fucking problems. All right, spit them out. You don't have problems, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, this is a really bad version of what happened, by the way, because this is not how it happened. But he was just so fucking real. And she just like had an epiphany right with him right there because he's so big. He's just like fucking, it's like God on earth. Not that I think he's God or anything. It's just like, <laughs> but I was amazed at like, I was like, yeah, dude, he just took it. He took it there in a way because I thought it was really polite, and, mm. and I was like, "Hey, that's that's not my style." And then yeah. when I saw him do that, I was just like, "Oh man, I'm allowed to swear on stage." <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, like so, like I, I was like, it, it was validating for me because I was like, he's being himself, mm. and um, it's a nice thing to have that validation. And and I think to go back to what you're talking about. Different personalities validate different people in different ways. Mm. And um, we like to have a nice cross-section of that yeah. at TDC. And, like, I don't know if you've picked up, but we always try and finish with a funny person. Yeah, okay. You know, Because, you know, like, if they're short or they're long, they're funny, there's yeah. always crass jokes in there. Yeah. Like, it's just a bit like. Well, it's like classic, classic uh, comedy or romantic comedy movie. They'll put a really nice, upbeat, poppy song in the credits. So like at the end. Oh, to lift you up. To lift you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can walk out of the cinemas with fucking without mascara. With, with a spring on a spring in your step. Yeah. Man, my Maybelline doesn't run. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, fuck, I forgot what we we're talking about. But yeah, I I, th- I don't I don't know, but I get a vibe. I yeah. get a vibe off people and you get a gut feel. Even better, yeah. they get a vibe on me. Yeah. And they know. So I've actually just started getting the courage to say to people, hey, I really like your work. I'd love to meet up with you in Zoom mm. if you can afford the time and discuss if we're a good fit for each other. Yeah. And give them sort of the opportunity to say no, but also myself the opportunity yeah. to be like, look, Whereas, I, before, I don't really think you're TDC style. Before would it just be, hey, you before reach I was just out, fucking here's, the, here's the job, yeah. yeah, here's the job, sign on the line and you're in. Fuck, mate, we've never used a contract in our <laughs> life. Really? Never. I'm so bad. <laughs> but but this, so this is the ownership and the responsibility that I wanted to do. Mm. And like, we've got great lawyers, man. Mm. I have lawyers. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, and accountants. <laughs> mate, and, killing um, it. Yeah, look at me, guys. You're a businessman. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Um, and then, but um, we we are um, I, 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 somewhere between trying not to bother them, mm. and you know, but like I've never had someone sign a contract, and like we've had difficult things happen, you know, like paying people. I've paid people late. Um, I had to pay for a flight, a couple of flights this year, for spe- cancelled speakers. And like I, I don't know if I'm obligated or not, but it's the right thing to do, mm. and like. So I think a contract, and like my 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 partner, she, she's like contracts, let you know where you stand in advance, and they're a mature thing to do. I just need to come around to that mm. because like, there's no way in the world I would not pay a bill 
Mm. But there's also no way in the world that I'd let someone not pay their bill either. I'd just start smashing windows. <laughs> you know, be like, don't pay your bill. I'll just fucking pop your tyres on your car. <laughs> you can pay for that instead. And then when you get new tyres, I'll just do it again. <laughs> and then you don't have to pay me anymore, but I'll make it clear to you that yeah. I just cost you double <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just how I roll. This is a warning to anyone who's uh, looking to. <laughs> who owes me in between $800 and $1,000, I'll yeah. fuck your tires up. Yeah. Um, no, but like, yeah, like the, the world is the world is a funny place and here's something for you. Here's, yeah. a ta- here's a Matt Haynes takeaway, an original. When you've got a problem with somebody, you're the person with the problem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can choose not to have that problem. And like some people you need to talk to and pull aside. But sometimes it's, and I think that's where Contracts now, in, in retrospect, they're good because if you have a contract, you no longer have a problem. Yeah. But um, like, for example, my brother is very impatient, like in a bad way. And I'm like, man, do you realise that you're impatient and you're the one with an issue and everyone else is oblivious to your level of impatience, especially when you're behind a steering wheel? Like you're a terrible driver and you just make other people anxious and you make, you know, like your way of going through the world is not, going to work mm. and it's really lovely because he's really started to like come around he's my older brother yeah that's cool and it's lovely to see him come around in the world and he said to me the other probably six months ago he said he's really proud of me and i thought that was really lovely that's awesome man. yeah because like i'm the little brother yeah and i, I was stoked that he said that don't I you got- think it's amazing like some people can say that but then if one person like someone in particular says something like that it really it really carries weight like it, oh, it, well, it matters who who says it well for me specifically like being like a semi fucking famous baseball person at one point, everyone would be on you sort of thing. And you're just like, they're like, man, you're so good. But when you have a really good game or something and your coach is like, well done, mate, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. You're just like, just fucking season changer. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You yeah. turn your whole <clears throat> season around. Mm. And um, I think that's that's a level of, of self-respect and self-love and knowing who talks shit and know and know who to put yeah. weight in. Yeah. And um, I won't name drop at this point, but someone, one of the speakers, past speakers, gave me a fucking compliment when I took them to the airport and I'll never fucking forget it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fucking, it was probably the best thing that's ever happened for me at TDC. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. And it was a small compliment. Yeah. But yeah, they said they just go, um, goes, you're the real deal. That's cool, and man. I thought that was fucking awesome because he is, they are one of the fucking best creatives I've ever met. Mm. And I, I feel like I let them down in a way, but um, I know that they're out there still looking at me. They're mm. just doing it quietly now. Yeah. Because they would call me after an event and ask me how I went and everything. Mm. But um, yeah, man, there's just a few years there where we just grew so fast that it was just so hard to fucking manage. Yeah. Like I didn't even realise, you know, mm. but but all things considered, I love that dude. Yeah. And I always will. And um when the when the time comes, there'll there'll be a way that I can thank them yeah. for giving me the, the confidence to um soldier on. Yeah. Because that's all you've got to do. Like for everyone at home that's listening, or at work or <laughs> in the gym. Furiously bench pressing. You're not at the gym listening to this. <laughs> Furiously You're on bench. a very slow treadmill. <laughs> I don't know. When Matt's talking about cars, maybe you speed up. Um, the uh, <laughs> yeah, um, fuck. I don't even know. What I was going to say then. Um, no, no. That's what I say. Um, we've never made a dollar on the conference. Mm. 
Yeah, it's been a um, it's been a journey. Yeah, but we are about well, we we've transitioned into a for profit model. Yeah, and it's fucking exciting, man. Mm. Like it's 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 insanely exciting. Yeah, like I'm just like I, I'm sort of like I can see my future now. Mm. And so that's why when COVID came along, there was all these things I wanted to do. I've just done it. And you you watch Design Conference over the next little bit. Yeah. It's all there. It's just not published. It's all yeah. hidden behind passwords. So, um, yeah, think. So what drives you now? You, uh, a community. Yeah. My, my, my agreement, my social responsibility to the people who buy tickets, my, yeah. my commitment to the people who have supported me. Um, my love for the industry. Um, honestly, man, like when I started out as a little kid, I literally thought to myself, I want to live a spectacular life. Like I want to live a spectacular life. I want to get loads of money, like uh, change it to loads of options. Yeah. I want to have loads of options. I want to have a lot of time. Yeah. I want to have a healthy family mm-hmm. and I'm going to show them all the things that I've ever dreamed of. But in person. Yeah. So we'll go fucking Europe together. We'll go to America together. We'll do the fucking the camper van across the world. We'll dive the Great Barrier Reef. Man, I'll probably homeschool my kids, eh? And I'll probably, I don't know, I'll, fingers crossed, I'll like live next door to like my fucking best mates. Like, <laughs> you know, because like if I make a few million bucks in my time or if I make a few million bucks in the next few years or whatever, I have no qualms with fucking giving my mates a few hundred grand to pay off their houses <laughs> because I love my mates. Yeah. And if I'm on the gravy train and TDC is pumping, because, like, I mean, if you think about it right, if I'm doing a really good job and the company's making money and everyone's fucking happy and it's super fair and there's money left over for me to build a house, put a studio in it, have the fucking beautiful room like this in my house where I can do podcasts, fly people over for podcasts, you know, Joe Rogan, the shit out of it. Like he just got $50 million, right? Yeah. If I can put myself in that position, which I think is entirely achievable, mm. um, I will fucking absolutely buy a street <laughs> of houses and build a fucking environment where me and all my friends are all hanging out and I'd be like, man, let's like all our kids, let's fucking homeschool them all at the same home. <laughs> All our mums can be science teachers and I can be this phys ed teacher. Just <laughs> fucking stereotypes fucking massively there. <laughs> but, like, that's what we'll do. And we'll be like, for our excursion this week, we're fucking jumping in Uncle Jerome's tinny. We're going out to Glado. We're going to look at all the animals and then we're going to go out and fucking fish and dive in the Great Barrier Reef. When we were diving on there, man, we saw a fucking shark go by. Yeah. That's and it. I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, and, and, and all this is available to everyone in Brisbane. If anyone in Brisbane wanted to get a couple of mates, hire a couple of boats or hire a boat uh, or a skipper and go two hours out of Gladstone, you can dive on the Great Barrier Reef and it's like mind-bogglingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have, if you don't understand what the fucking meaning of life is at that given point, it's never going to drop for you because when you see a million fish scatter yeah. and then come back and sit around you and you're like sitting in like a room that's the depth, it's not much deeper than this and the coral is going almost to the roof 
man, you just it's a it's a fucking wake up call. It's like this is what we were born to do. Yeah. We weren't born to be in here fucking tapping away on keyboards. Do it if you love it. <laughs> but man, get that balance, man. Yeah. Get go go and put your feet in the dirt. Get up early. Mm. Try something like that. And man, it just has such a beautiful impact on your life, man. Man, that's awesome. I've been living in the forest too long, bro. Yeah. Um, I just I do not want, need to know what magic mushrooms look like. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, they're just growing in my backyard. Yeah. Eh? I swear to God, eh? <laughs> I just I don't know what they look like. I mean, I don't know what they look like unpicked. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I want to. I want to. I'm conscious of your time. No, uh, it's, it's all good. I just don't want to get my car towed. Yeah, but um, mate, to to wrap it up, who's someone remarkable in branding, marketing, or design that we should speak to on the podcast? Without disrespect, on a good day, man, I reckon Ben Johnston could be fucking amazing. I've had him. Oh, didn't know. Sorry. Yeah. I love Ben. Ben gave me the confidence to be me. Yeah. Like that, he gave me the confidence that I could do what I've done in Brisbane. He's and he's, a he's never pushed me. He's just he's watched from a distance. Mm. Um, that's why I like Ben. And he's just so fucking casual. It hurts. Love it. <laughs> Joe Hook. Yeah, cool. Joe Hook is a NLP, like neuro linguistic practitioner from Melbourne, and she works with a lot of uh, designers yeah. and creative people and building their businesses and finding their fucking true north. That's awesome. Uh, that's what I feel like she does. Yeah. But um, yeah, great. She's so warm, dude. Yeah. I can feel her aura from here. I love her. Like, I fucking love her, and I've never met her. That's I've awesome. never even heard her voice before. Yeah, wow. And I've just seen a photo of her, and I just can't help but think that she just reminds me of every amazing woman that I've ever met in my life. You know, like tall, fit, red lippy, cool hair, yeah. cool clothes, and just be like, she's definitely fucking cool. Yeah, like she, awesome. Like with all due respect to my mum, who's my best mate, I reckon Joe Hook would be the best mum in the world. <laughs> I reckon she'd be fucking rad. She'd be like, all right, if you want to smoke weed, we're going to smoke this joint together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I reckon she'd fucking be the best. And 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 clearly highly intellectual, mm. um, mind-blowingly smart from what I can understand and, and the reviews I've asked and varied. Yeah. I'm um, not varied. That sounds like they're just she, I'm, she's who I'm looking forward to seeing the most. Yeah. And um, she's basically – my first podcast guest. Awesome. Yeah, but you should get her too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I've got a connection with Joe. Yeah. That um, feel like we're, we're, we're um, long lost friends from a, a, a bygone era. Yeah, nice. And to be reunited with her is going to be an epic experience. Yeah, that's cool. Considering I've never met her before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking people are going to think I'm fucking twisted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. That's a good. That's a good. Good recommendation. You've given us a few great pieces of advice, but what's your favourite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? The best piece of advice I've ever been given is um, give more than you take. Yeah, like that. Yeah, because if everyone does it, there's always a surplus mm. when we need it. Yeah, you know, and when someone the cookie doesn't crumble on them, we have the choice to go. Mm. Here you are. Yeah. That's yours, bud. Yeah. And don't think anything of it. Yeah. Except that you've got a fucking, like, it's like passing it on. Yeah. When someone yeah, does something good forward. for you, pay, pay it forward. Mm. That man 
it might not be a big deal for you to do something for somebody else. Yeah. But I promise you it's a fucking big deal for them. Thanks so much for taking the time and coming in. It's been awesome. But where can people learn more about you? Oh, for me, on Instagram, I'm matthew.tdc. Hey, <laughs> getting a photo done. Yeah, I'm matthew.tdc. Um, but um, And there's nothing, there's nothing about design there. I just take photos of things in black and white that I love <laughs> and they're generally people yeah. and experiences and DJs. Yeah. And um and but basically uh just Matthew at the designconference.com.au flick me an email like let's have a phone call like yeah. I, I'm 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 an open book and and I'd rather fucking have a, a, an honest and and considered exchange as opposed to fucking slide in my DMs and tell me that you thought this was a good podcast uh, if anything um if you think it's great can you just share it with your friends or or other people because um, my goal is to really uh, reach as many people as possible and, and, and if I'm doing a poor job of it, hopefully the design conference and the people she embodies is doing a better job than it than I am and ultimately making good impact because um, I am doing, I'm trying my best Man, basically. That's great. I'm trying my best and if it's not good enough, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Man, so, I, lo- I, love, I love your outlook and, um, yeah, I really admire your passion and, I appreciate uh, it, mate. and your drive and the fact that you are creating a community and you're giving my, back. Are, are my cheeks going red and my <laughs> blushing? Feels like it. Um, but, mate, like you, you honestly it. are. And, and you can see that in the, in the way the, the conference has evolved yep. and the guests that come on board. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's contagious. Like the passion for great designers getting together, it's a place that you've created an atmosphere. So um, Appreciate good that, on you, Matt. No, thank you very much. And um, big shout-out to everyone who supported Design Conference to date. Um, yeah, you've, you've changed my life. Um, you've made it amazing. And um, I look forward to repaying the favour over and over again until till they don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> In your face. <laughs> buy that street of houses and sell my shit. And <laughs> Dan can run it. Dan and Reuben, bloody legends. <laughs> Love yous. See you, everybody. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for listening to this episode of DSR Branding Presents. To learn more about the guests or the things discussed, head to our website, dsrb.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoyed it, please let me know and spread the word by sharing it with a friend. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. DSR Branding exists to inspire people to love what their work represents. I hope that this episode has inspired you to think differently.